Weiß sein Leben lang. Herzlich willkommen zurück auf Shark America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me on this Victory Monday, Jack Mangan. Welcome back, Jack. I'm uh, glad to be here. Jack Mangan with internet issues potentially and mic issues as well. So we'll see how I do on this live stream. But uh, nice to be back with another Victory Monday. Been quite a while. And uh, I'm kind of glad I missed uh, the previous game, of the, you know, the debut with the new manager, because uh, it sounds like. This past week against Hanover was night and day from the first one. What did you make of the uh, the first couple of games under our new, our new boss? Night and day is, uh, I think, a perfect way to sum it up. It was um, lack of passion, lack of effort, lack of everything in that first game under Carl Galarz. This game was really the whole flip side of that, really, and really kind of led by one man, honestly, Lino Templeman. But, um Yeah, before we get into it, it today, you know, today was Ballon d'Or nominations again, and uh, the, they unveiled the winner. For the second consecutive year, Henny Matriciani wins it again. A wonderful job by him. The GOAT just continues to impress. I just kudos to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I digress. Uh, no, yeah, no, good game. 3-1 victory. Like I was saying uh, prior to the Blondor comment, um, Lino Templeman really was the catalyst, I think, for a lot of the good of the Schalke, at least in my opinion. I'm uh, curious about your initial thoughts about the game. No, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, somebody that obviously I've had mixed reviews on at times this season, but like this game against Hanover, I think, was the best of what he can provide. I think he was crucial to our tempo um, and, and connecting uh, you know, with, with teammates in transition moments um obviously scored a goal as well which we'll talk about with kind of kind of a random one from him but um yeah no, it was interesting kind of like a five two three shape initially with Schallenberg and Templeman being that sort of midfield too but Templeman uh much further advanced than, than Schallenberg and Templeman kind of really you know going wherever he needed to uh, in the build-up phases a lot of positional freedom uh in, in that sense but yeah just absolute bundle of energy on offensive and defensive end, great help defense at times, you know, disrupting things, constant throwing on the side. Um, really impressed by him. Yeah, it's funny that uh, most most places, outlets have it as a 3-5-2 or whatever, when initially it was unveiled on ESPN+, Plus, uh, they had it as a 4-2-3-1 where they had obviously Farman, Farman, Farman in, uh, in goal, but they had a, had it as a back four with Merkin on the left, left back, um, Kaminsky, Kalash in the middle with Matriciani in the right. Uh, they also had uh, Schallenberg or Schallenberg, Templeman, and Drexler in the middle with Moore on the left, Lasme, and then Karaman up top, 4-2-3-1. But uh, yeah, the different variations. ESPN has it as a 3-3-2-2. Other sides had 5-3-2. You know, it vary, varies from there. But uh, the 11 was was clear, I think, in this one. Um, big improvements for a lot of people. I think the, the, the main thing, talking point, I think, obviously, is Drexler back in the starting 11, which we can talk about. But... No, no Toroda. Obviously, Poulter's still injured or out sick. He's out sick, and no Toroda to start this. Uh, so, Kataman got the lead on this one with uh, now that he's back healthy with Brian Lastman. Thoughts on those two kind of starting this off, uh, uh, and, and overall, how you, how you felt on how they did, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, interesting partnership. I thought it was even more interesting because, yeah, once again, I guess the way I was kind of viewing that shape was that it wasn't really like a, a two up top. It was more of a front three with Caramount centrally. Yep. Last night, right, Drexler out left. Uh, Drexler, I should say. Um, and so I, Caramount, I don't know if we've really seen uh, playing kind of in a lone position up top, maybe once or twice, but certainly not recently, um, if he has at all. Uh, so that that was I I think interesting. I saw some quotes I believe from him after the game as well, saying that he actually enjoys kind of playing up there, um, like you know coming short, coming deep, that kind of stuff, and, and you know liked his time in that role. So interesting, yeah, interesting selection, but um, not necessarily surprised to see like Lasma in there instead of Gerard or something we've been waiting for to see for Lasma to get healthy for a while. Um, not surprised the new coaches tried to give him a run. Um, he's such he's such a physical presence, like. Yeah. Even in the box too. Like he can just he can just get position on on you know aerial balls and all kinds of stuff. Um he's he's I feel like very useful to have out there. Um took a chance well in this game as well. And it's it's interesting with him, and I see you, Anthony Glukov. Uh it's interesting with Kataman that we said I think that the feeling I think we're doing to both of us is that this is it's been a phenomenal year for him. Is it to the standards what we expect or what the level we expect? No, but for Kataman, this is one of the best performances we've seen under him in a while. Certainly for us, um, he seems to be contributing a lot and doing things um, more than he was last year, certainly. Uh, but he's, he seemed to be in a factor in, in the in the warm-ups of the season. He and Moore seem to be linked up very well together. And it just seems to continue on. He obviously had the injury, but now he's back, and it seems to pick up where he left off. And was certainly involved. I mean, uh, Tepelman, I think, is everyone's man of the match, uh, including Anthony, including you or mine. But I think Kataman deservedly gets a shot for, you know, a runner-up if there is if there is one because I thought he had such a good game. He was instrumental in the first, what, probably well, almost all the goals, really, except for the last one. Um, oh, even the last one. He scored the last one. What am I talking about? So, uh, yeah, all three goals are right. So, uh, yeah, uh, good assertion by him. Um Looking at the lineup for for Hanover, obviously Hanover, a team at the time were fifth place going into the game. Good team, to start of the season, right? Zeeler is obviously a goalkeeper that uh, we've known about for a while. Uh, Neumann and Halstenberg are guys who have been around the block. They they're they're solid defenders. Um, Aria uh, MB was is a good pacey defender. Kuhn was everywhere. Leopold and Kunza were everywhere. Dem was everywhere. Schaub, Toykert, obviously, when you see a former Shaka player. Odds are for us that, that he's going to score against us. Uh, and for me, you know, obviously Vogelsammer is a striker, but for me, obviously, you see a Shaka player, you a former Shaka player, you have to key on him because they always seem to pay, uh, especially this season, it seems like they always seem to score against us. And for me, that was the main guy we had to focus on. And it seemed like he was lively early on. It seemed like he, oh, yeah. he, he positioned for it. There was one where he took like a, a bending, whipping shot from like 35 yards, like, yeah. you know. But like, you know, very hyped up, obviously, being back in the Belton's arena, looking for a, uh, some glory there for him. Yeah, but obviously, you know, we always joke about how frequently it seems like our previous players score against us. Um, glad to see that we avoided that one uh, here. But I think, uh, yeah, Kuhn, I thought was fantastic in this one, obviously going up against Matriciani frequently, always kind of holding your breath whenever he was working against uh, Matriciani uh, down on that side. But yeah, um, yeah some good performances in the, in the Hanover squad. I'm glad you brought up our our, our Ballon d'Or winner, uh, Tresciani. Um, it seemed like, you know, Hanover's uh, – well, before I get to that, it seems like the teams that have been beating us this year have been beating us with the direct play. Hanover decided to go for the wing play, in particular by Tresciani and Merkin. Um, I thought in the first half of the uh, – there were some decent performers in the first half, but I felt Tresciani was one of the worst uh, that first half. He constantly getting pe- uh, beat for pace by Kuhn. 
Um, what we started seeing, though, is Tepelman and his defensive abilities because he noticed quickly, the team noticed quickly, maybe maybe I'm sure Gerrard did as well, that Patriciani was getting beat pretty easily. Uh, and so he needed some help back there. And what you started seeing, some shade over there helping out with Matriciani and Tepelman, and occasionally Schallenberg would go over there and help him out. Um, but Matriciani struggled. And we know he's not a pacey guy, but, man, if you're going to play that wing-back position, you're going to need help. And luckily, you know, the midfielders kind of helped him in that regard because I think he would have been toast all game long if it wasn't for, for for those guys. Yeah, he got beat, but once pretty badly in the first half. Luckily, nothing came of it, um, ultimately, yeah. in terms of the goal or anything. But um, definitely got beat around the edge. I, I think for the most part, he held his ground. He just didn't look very convincing doing it that often. And, yeah, in the first yeah. half, I think, was shakier than the second. Yeah. Um, overall, like I said, it, it was one of those times you're kind of holding your breath every time because even when he would ultimately make the stop or kind of come up with it, it's it, it doesn't yeah. look like he's – um, you know, getting getting the best of his man for the most part. It's it's a 50-50 proposition most of the time. So uh yeah, but I yeah, I agree. I think a lot of their a lot of their focus seems to be um down those wings and weren't really doing a whole lot apart from that. Uh, a lot of possession in the first half without a lot of, you know, not, not much to show for it, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I mean the first 10 minutes, I think were certainly a better start than what we saw in the last game um against Karlsruhe. And probably first 10, 15 minutes, we had a lot of possession, weren't really doing anything. And then you started seeing Hanover kind of take over, at least in a possession-wise. That's when it started really attacking Matriciani's side and Merkin's side uh, with Schaub and Dem. And he, I kept worrying that we're going to see a goal here at some point, but we were bending, not breaking, really. Uh, obviously, good backtracking by Templeman and Schallenberg defensively. The transition was nice because, of, especially in particular, you know, Templeman. I thought um, as that first half went on, as much as I thought Matriciani played poorly, I thought for me, and this is me, I'm curious what your thoughts are. I thought Drexler was the worst performer on the pitch. He did nothing for me, honestly. And I'm curious what your thoughts are because it seemed like offensively he couldn't do anything. Defensively, he wasn't, uh, he was on the ball a lot, in the le- especially on the left hand side in the attack, but wasn't doing anything for me. And defensively, he just wasn't, it seemed like he was non existent. What, what were your thoughts on Drexler in his first half, at least? Yeah, I guess I would say maybe like it wasn't so much that he was bad, it's just not helpful. If that makes, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I don't think, yeah. I think I use those I, words. I think so. I, I yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree that he seemed to get on the ball pretty frequently, you know, in those wing areas in the first half and, you know, would, would bring the ball up sometimes. And it seemed like there was, it was pretty rare that anything ended up developing from those moments where he was the one carrying the ball or um, kind of receiving it on, on the wing in the final third. Uh, yeah, definitely not maybe linking up to the uh to the extent that we're used to him doing as we oftentimes you know we, we talk about him being able to find you know one of the, one or two of those key passes per game normally um even when he's kind of normally quiet he'll find, find his moment to kind of pop up and yeah i agree that that was uh lacking but um yeah i, I don't know I, I still like having him in, in, in the squad and everything and he can he can put in the shift for sure um yeah the time. it's not his best day no, I, I agree about that. I think he uh, certainly could contribute. You know, I think we, I certainly look at him as more of like a super sub role. I don't know about the starting, but what we saw with the substitutions later, which we'll get to, is that there wasn't certainly an impact in, in a good way. Um, but, you know, you mentioned, we mentioned Drexler, and I'll get to him in a second because I thought the defensive pairing, Kaminsky and Kalash, seemed better. Uh, and this one really kind of, Vogel Sommer and Toika were obviously the main guys you had to key on in. And, Kaminsky had his hands full with Vogelsammer, uh, as did as did Kalash. But um, Kaminsky, what we've kind of known him for is his passing ability. 
and we saw a few passes here and there, but finally it wasn't until what it was it the 42nd minute or something like that. But before I get to that, there was a yellow card on Merkin that happened, and it was like the softest yellow I've seen in my life. And I thought that was going to end up costing us the game. Um, did you did you catch that? It was early in the game. I was like 20, 25th minute, something like that. Um, I was irate on the on the on the live stream when when it happened. Uh, did you you know what I'm talking about? I actually don't off the top of my head I have to see it again, but um, I'm definitely gonna go take a look at it now after the after the pod's over. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a really soft yellow that he got. My worry was that because we've had red card troubles here lately, and I thought, oh great, they're gonna they're gonna find a way to get him a red card and get out of the game. But uh, nonetheless, going back to my Kaminsky comment, there was a set piece where I believe Templeman or even maybe Drexler kind of won that that um that free kick, and it was it was probably only from like the midway line, right? But Kaminsky he shoots it over the top. Drexler, who you know, I kind of been criticizing, does a good job of collecting the ball. Uh, heads passes it over to Matriciani on the play. He makes this beautiful, like nonchalant but wonderful cross into the box, into the danger zone, and it goes right towards Carman. Carman does well to fight for it. Kind of hits off of him and maybe the defender, and then falls perfectly to Brian Lastman. I'm, it's like slow motion. I remember watching it on the live stream, and I'm like, please don't whip on the shot. Please don't whip on the shot. He nailed it beautifully. It goes in one nothing. Uh, I mean, I was happy. Uh, thoughts on, on on the whole goal and the play as it happened? Yeah, last night was kind of hanging out um, back post. Caramon uh, Sunday more central. Um, each of them had a man on them. Um, and then as this as this kind of yeah, you said looping cross comes in from Matriciani, uh, the defender that was on Lasma for whatever reason starts shading over. I think to try to help or win you know win the second ball. Um, from uh, the encounter between uh, Caramon and whoever was marking him. Um, I think it's the defender that actually does kind of clear it, not very convincingly, just kind of like, you know, yeah. loops it backwards a little bit. But um, that defender is no longer on Laws with that and then regrets it immediately because it falls directly to him and he just smacks in the back. Of I mean, it's the one thing. The goals he scored this season, they've been pretty emphatic finishes. Like, he doesn't yeah. mess around when he gets the opportunity, but he puts it in the back of the net. It was just yeah. fun to see. So, uh, nice kind of like, was like, I'm kind of like on a half volley sort of there. Um, puts it away in front of the home crowd, uh, you know, takes the lead. It's nice to have that going into the half, especially because, like I said, we didn't have a lot of possession. Um, didn't feel like we had a whole lot of offensive momentum. Um, and so to get something on the board in front of the home crowd uh, before halftime was, uh, was, was nice. Yeah, so going into the half, uh, one nothing at that point, it was good. My overall thoughts, obviously happy to have a one nothing. I had a happy lead at any point in the game, right? But it had, scoring the first goal in the game was uh, nice to see. So I was happy in that regards. But I, I still felt I was a little worried with Matriciani getting beat so much. And obviously, you know, Templeman was helping out as much as he could. Uh, also, I, was, I wasn't too pleased with, with Draxler's performance, even though he did contribute mightily in that first goal. And also for me, I was worried about Merkin, about that yellow card, like I was saying. And so my at halftime, I was saying, like, th- those got to be the first three guys that come off the pitch. Um, didn't really see any substitutions in that first half. What were your thoughts overall in that first half? Were you happy with that one at the win? Did you feel shaky at that point? How did you feel? I mean, for me, it's just great to not have that 20, you know, 20th-minute goal conceded. Every game early in the first half, like, we just go down, we just go, you know. And so we're always digging ourselves a hole. So yeah, to be able to make it to halftime with that conceding and like yeah, actually grabbing that um, the, the go-ahead goal late was was, was great. Um, I think once again, this is my first time seeing the team under the new boss. I, I thought um, kept our shape much better. Yeah. Um, very coherent shape against the ball. Um, you know, well drilled. Uh, I'm not saying it was. I don't know. It, it definitely seemed that 
there was way more effort happening in closing people down when, when there were those sort of loose balls or, you know, 50, 50 balls, people would get up and, and, you know, get into people. Um, Merkin, maybe even more in the second half than the first half, I guess we'll sort of talk about it, but I think in the first half as well. So he was, he was playing like a left center back. Yeah. Sort of, if you want to look at it as a back five, which is really interesting, uh, certainly not the tallest in that position, but an example of a guy that once again, if there was a ball that was played into his man, he's immediately right up on the back of him. Uh, closing it down, making it very difficult for people to receive passes. So those sorts of things, those sorts of actions, which should be fairly basic actions within the scope of the game, that we just haven't been seeing a lot of. And it, I think it's it's great to see the coach kind of drilling us back into those fundamentals um, and, and putting in putting in the audio, so to speak, or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, like he's talked a lot about the effort that's been lacking. You know, yeah. there, there's a baseline minimal professional effort you have to put in to be in a position to win games. I felt like that was at least much more on display in the first half. That happened recently. I agree. I agree, and I think that's what we've been hearing from from camp, is that the one thing he's been doing is been drilling and talking to his players, kind of keep the positive vibes going, but really talking to them as a group individually, uh, and really just trying to say, hey, stick to the fundamentals. You know, put the passion and put the hard work in, and, and the good results will come because the talent is there. Um, and so that we saw that in the first half, and then coming out of the gate, the second half, we you figured that. Hanover was going to put some pressure on it at this point. You know, obviously they're fifth place for a reason, so they have some some ability to score goals. And you started seeing more pressure on them in the in the early first half. Um, there was a play again. It's Matriciani not doing a really great job of clearing the ball out, and not, he didn't struggle all game long, but he struggled early on and early into the second half and had this big mistake where uh, he got beat completely by Kuhn. Uh, I think he got nutmeg, really. And then Kuhn found a wide open, wide open Enzo Leopold, who just slots it away. Nice first touch, and then kind of puts it past Fairman. Could have Fairman done better? You could always say yes. But, uh, you know, he's wide open on that play. It's hard to kind of fault the keeper on that when you're, you know, Manchestiani gets beat so so badly on that play. Um, one one at that point. I was not feeling good at that point. Uh, even though it's one one, we had been playing good. I mean, for me, it was like, that's a 1-1. I was like, oh, I've seen the song and dance before. Yeah, I guess what I'm saying, I didn't think that Hanover came out in the second half that looking that aggressive. I think maybe after the first 10 minutes or so, the game opened up a little bit in terms of it being yeah, a bit more end-to-end sure. -end than it had been. But I didn't yeah. think that they were still looking that crazy you know, offensively or anything. Um, yeah, I think it was Matriciani trying to clear it um, around the guy. He just gets kind of runs into the defender and he takes it. And that, that was probably, the, yeah, I think the worst moment for us all game in terms of people just switching off because uh, Lepp was just sitting in the center of the box, no one collapsing on him. He was, he was wide open and uh, had enough time to kind of like not rush that shot at all, just collects it, picks out a spot, you know, across his body and beats Fairman. So, um, I mean, yeah, you can argue Fairman can do better there, but it, there's no there's no reason the guy should be camped in the center of your box completely unmarked and have that kind of time to get a shot off. So certainly the worst, the worst defensive moment and not surprising me able to take advantage of it. But um I mean, if that's as bad as it gets for Schalke, that's still an improvement of what we've been seeing for a lot of the season so far. It's, yeah, it's uh, the improvement on the defensive end in particular that I think is going to help us right this ship more than the offensive end. I agree because I think we've been scoring goals this year. It's just that we, we couldn't stop anything, and that's what we were hoping to see after that first game under Gerrard's is a better defensive play, which we didn't. This game, I think there certainly was, and you know, uh, honestly, that was probably the, maybe the first big gaffe of the, of the of the game at that point where Matriciana gets beat so bad and, and and Leopold was so wide open. But again, that was a unexpected play, I think, uh, and so um, you can't really fault the team too much for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think at that point, you know, the game. Obviously, still up in the air at that point, 1-1. Um, but I think for me, the, the game changed when 
uh, obviously tired Drexler comes off. Oh, Drago comes on. He's obviously a game changer as it is. And then Lastman comes off for Tarota. I thought at that point, um, one of maybe one of the defenders. I was still you know trying to see if Matriciani or Merkin comes off because I didn't didn't want that second yellow to happen. Um, and then of, of anybody in the attack that you would keep on, I thought Lastman was probably it just because his his finishing ability, like we've seen. Um, and I understand why you keep Kataman on, and obviously he got a goal later on, but um Toroto comes on for last minute and i was like all right let's see what happens here and i thought simon did a good job of holding the ball up uh in the play odrago immediately was into the game which was obviously good to see he's he's such a spark plug for this team and then um it wasn't even less than 10 minutes uh into their insertion there was a play where i want to say it was kaminsky over the top again um and he's over the top it goes to Toroto. nice job holding the ball up Gives it to Karaman. Karaman sees a Odrago. And Odrago at this point, there's two options. He can go one-on-one against the, against the defender and try to take on a shot. Or he had this wide-open Templeman in the middle of the pitch there. I for sure thought he was going to go one-on-one against the defender. But he, fe- he fed it over the right play to Templeman. Templeman, no hesitation, took a shot. And, you know, unlikely the person to take a shot. And he did it. Scored a goal. It was a nice, nice hard shot. Um, goalkeeper misread it completely. Uh, and 2-1, I'll take it night, all night and day, but I thought at that point, perfect way for Templeman because even up to that point, he was man of the match for me up to that point, and then he scored a goal. I'm like, that just put the cap on it right there. A wonderful goal by him, and we needed that goal at that time. Yeah, wasn't expecting him to shoot when the ball came to him. Wasn't expecting it to go in when you kind of saw where that ball was hit, but it, it went in, and, you know, sometimes you just got to take a rip if you have a good look. Um, and, yeah. you know, not a bad decision by Odrego to, to – to, Dish off to a teammate in an even better position. But yeah, I don't know what happened with Zeeler there in particular. I'm not sure if he thought that um Templeman was kind of hitting more across his body to the far post. And it yeah. didn't really do that. It almost kind of like had like a mild bit of whip like back towards center. Because yeah. like Zeeler was essentially there the entire time. And then somehow just came up like, you know, six inches short or something like that, you know, in terms of where the ball it was a really strange I know. play. But um, hey, you know, credit Templeman taking a rip, gets his goal. Um, caps off a nice performance for him, and uh, you don't have to see us double it. And I think the best play about that is that we kept trying to attack after that, and it wasn't even five minutes later where we got our, our third goal. And the guy who I wanted off the pitch for the, the majority of the game, Merkin, after his yellow card, uh, he had this nice play where he breaks up the ball. A ball was swung over the top from, from Hanover, and he breaks it up. And the, it the, the kind of play I'm talking about, where it goes into his feet, comes up and challenges it, causes a loose, you know, possession. Really good. And so he was like, to your credit, he was doing that all game long, and that play perfectly. It bounced all the way to Caramon, who kind of has like a little breakaway. And next, you know, it's a three on one. You Toroto on the far side with Odorago coming in behind. You're like, what's he gonna do? And just don't mess it up. Just get on target or whatever. And you know, Karaman, to his credit, he puts the ball away when he has these opportunities this season. And uh, wonderful finish by him. Three-one at that point, game set match is finally a relief for us. As we watch so many games where it's always like heart attack and violent. Well, we thought it would be, we thought it'd be easy street, right? But three-one uh, at that point. I mean, obviously the bench was going ecstatic. You know, SMO running into the pitch. I thought he's going to get a yellow card for that. Uh, but it's good to see three-one uh, heads-up play by by Karaman and Merkin. So would you blame Zeeler here again in the same way that Templeman goal? Because it seemed like he had time to come out and collect that ball, and he backed off, and that allowed Caramon to run onto it. And then the defender by that point was caught in a 2v1. Yeah. He didn't want to fully commit to Caramon because he was afraid he was going to get crossed over for, like, you know, like a tap-in, like, you know, a half-open half goal. And that's what allowed 
camera did go in. I don't know. I'd have to see it again. I, I kind of wonder if, if Ziegler has a little bit of blame in that in that situation as well. I mean, he certainly is to blame, but I think the only thing I can guess is that he saw that Toroto was the other guy on the backside, and he's one of the, he's all-time leading school scorers fight the Liga. He's obviously the talisman, the captain for Schalke, and so maybe he thought they're going to they're gonna find a way to give him a goal, uh, and maybe that's why he dropped off back. I don't know. I, that's a good question, but I, I agree with you. I think Ziegler probably should have been more aggressive on that play. Gives his defender a little bit, at least two guys to block instead of, you know, all three. Um, but, yeah, hey, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. Um, oh, yeah, really really good finish by Caramon. I mean, he had a yeah. lot of time to think yeah. about that and size that up and choke potentially. And um, they didn't cut that angle down eventually. Yeah, it's a really, really nicely placed finish. So uh, impressive from him. Good composure. And, you know, we're going to see the game out nice and quietly, right? No, of course, it's a shock game. But uh, this is where I, like, blew my top on the live stream. I don't know. I probably cursed 50 million times at the end of the game. But this is simple play over the top. You know, Hanover doing everything under the under the sink, just throwing everything at, at, at Chaka. And this ball goes over the top, and I forget who it is, but I think it might have been Hossenberg or somebody. Throws it over the top of Vogel Summer. You know, they're just playing the direct ball. And goes into the box, and Fairman comes out, punches it away. And you're like, okay, it's whatever. It's a normal play, whatever. And referee calls for penalty. I'm like, what the you talking about what are you talking about this is a regular play for me i did not understand it whatsoever what were your thoughts when that when that play happened and referee calls for a penalty did you see it as a penalty anywhere i mean i'm curious if i'm just the only one who's like a lunatic in this in this scenario yeah i'm very much in two minds about this and i saw a lot of the controversy online about it afterwards and apparently some of the quotes and sentiments that fairman and other players in the shop squad shared like being very upset that was called a foul um i mean we're all saying this is Fairman absolutely demolishes this guy. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no doubt about that. He for sure he blows in the back of him and, and just destroys him. Um, but also like he has a right to go for that ball. And it it almost it almost seemed like Volkswagen wasn't even playing the ball. No, he was looking for the contact. He was looking for the contact. You see him kind of like look over behind him to see where Fairman is. And to me, it, it looked like he was kind of trying to impede or something more than trying to actually win that and bring it down. Um, and so for me, I don't know. It's it's a it's a tough one. Like I, I can I can understand, but like also the, the the commentator on the stream I was watching was like, I think he's just been knocked unconscious. And I'm like, at no point did it look like he was no. unconscious or anything close to it. Like I I understand he has to get checked out, but um, he popped back up, didn't leave the pitch. Like no. I think they were very much you know um, also uh, dramatizing. I think the effects of that hit as well so i don't know it was a weird one there's definitely contact it was pretty aggressive contact in the moment live it seemed like a pretty bad hit but i also like yeah fairman has an i think has a right to go for that and i don't even know if the player was really playing the ball there so um, i mean how, yeah no i i think how many times have you seen a goalie go up and they're always say yeah the goalie has right for the ball and then it seems like when it's for us it's all of a sudden it's a penalty you know i understand if it was like alexander nubel going cleat first like doing the the bundesliga symbol going after a guy and taking him out i get that that's a that's a penalty right or a foul he didn't do that it was like no lead he wasn't leading with the knee he went out with his hand he was high, much higher than vogelsammer but Vogel didn't even jump he just happened to demolish him in the play and um yeah did, I saw, he, he in the back i thought he didn't need him though i mean he might have too but it wasn't like he led with the knee right he was up there and then probably knee made the contact because he just bowled over him. big he's a big dude fairman's a big dude yeah. but i mean he made contact with the ball first before he, he ran, ran over the guy and what pissed me off even more is apparently the referee told Fairman uh, in the mix zone after the game that, oh, yeah, you know, this they, they kind of changed the rules back in 2014 when Manuel Neuer took out Iguain in the World Cup. It's like, get the fuck out of here. Like, really, you're going to drop drop that? Like, 
I've seen that call many times the opposite way this season, last season, over the last couple of years. Don't give us that BS excuse. I mean, I don't know, whatever. It just that infuriated me. Uh, Hausenberg stepped up, scored a goal, made it three two. At that point, I'm like, the referees are going to find a way to screw us, aren't they? They're going to give us another penalty, give them give them another penalty, or give us a red card and make it some way three three. Because I I was I almost lost hope at that point when that once that penalty was called. But uh, yeah, I mean, what I will say is I think Fairman's reaction was instructive for me to some extent because if you make kind of a bad play or a 50-50 play and you think you've hurt the opponent, like you're probably actually going to show some level of concern. Yeah, yeah. And also just kind of own it if there's a foul that comes your way. Like Fairman didn't really seem concerned that he had actually like hurt that guy that badly and no. ultimately really didn't. And then too, like when that yellow card came out, like Fairman, I'm not going to say Fairman was incensed, but Fairman like reacted very strongly to that. Like, like he did not yeah. believe that he was being like, like what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think the fact that he was like that surprised by it and, and shocked that he was being penalized for what I think he probably thought was a fairly routine play was, um, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I feel like that was instructive for me because I feel like if he had actually hurt somebody or yeah, know, knew that he had committed a foul, he wouldn't have quite been that yeah, um, no. outlandish in his response. Yeah. And then he, he, before the penalty, he would go over to Vogelsammer and to make sure he was all right and stuff. And as you would, as a human, he's a human being, right? But yeah, I, it just didn't. It, I didn't see it. You know, if someone wants to tell me that, uh, outside of uh, our our rivals, uh, Dortmund fans, trying to tell me, if someone tries to tell me that hey, it's uh, another Shaka fan wants to say, hey, it was a penalty, and Jerry explained it to me, I'll, I'm more willing to listen. But it, to me, it didn't seem like it. It seemed like a straight up play for the goalkeeper that he should have had. And either way, we win the game three two. Uh, certainly a heart attack. If I we needed those three points, they were huge three points. You could see the relief on the on the team when 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 they won. Um, Gerard had some. It's nice. It's nice to have Gerard's because he doesn't know German yet, and so we get a lot of the co- content in English. And so uh, he had the, he had the guys in the middle of the pitch, and he's doing his you know his his speech in in English. Obviously, his, his press conferences and all his quotes going to be in English. Uh, so that's a nice breast brush of fresh air for shock American nation, I think. But uh, much needed win. I think Jack, um, I, it wasn't necessarily a must win, but uh, yeah, I think even Gerard said that after the match, it wasn't a must win, but it's an important win. It had to be, you know, we had to win, get back on the winning track. It's get back to the fundamentals, like you said. Yeah, not a result that really does anything for our table position at, at this point, but a result that just it did nothing. Winning, at least, it hopefully, <laughs> instill yeah. some belief. I mean, if, if yeah, we, we just need this squad to like experience winning again and get used to winning habits and get some belief back. Because it was definitely, um, you know, there, there's times where you can be struggling and losing games, and it doesn't feel like the inertia is entirely in that direction, even if the results yeah. are continuously going in that direction. And then there's a point where it feels like you're in free fall, and, and there's just no way to stop it. And I feel like finally this performance was maybe some evidence that we can uh, put put an end to that and, and gain some confidence back. Like I said, I, I've been really impressed with the way he's been handling the media. Um, he's not attacking his players nope. like publicly. But he's being very direct and not pulling punches, and, and he's setting very clear standards. Yeah. And um and you know basically telling people like if you want to play, you got to meet him. And uh, also like yeah, you know, he's not he's also being like hopeful like oh yeah, oh we just have to like play better and like you know maybe I'm sure the results will come. Like he's speaking more definitively in terms of like this isn't good enough. We need to win games, you know, and we're gonna go out and we're gonna achieve that. It's very it's very direct. It's very specific. It's not a lot of like wishy washy hopeful kind of like dancing around stuff. So. I appreciate that approach, and, and hopefully it continues to, to translate. Um, and I think, once again, for my for my one game sample size in terms of what I viewed, I also think you know the change of shape um, is good for us and helping us not get exposed as much. Hopefully, we'll see how it goes against other opponents. But 
I think he made one little change. I mentioned this on the last podcast. One little change that doesn't seem like much, but it goes a long way, I think, for the players, certainly for the fans. But one of the first things he did was he reinserted – Kreutzer was already on the bench, but he reinserted Buskins and Asamoah on the bench. And he's like, I have no idea why they weren't on the bench. They, they belong on the bench. They're obviously a big morale boost for the team when they're out there. You can see it. It's a, I love watching when they, we score goals because they're, they're all celebrating out there like they're one of the players. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but – the also other thing was what what Karart said, and I think it was today where he said it was like, like, look, I have no certain eleven players. It's every day you're gonna have to win me, win me over, and get that certain eleven. Anybody can win that certain eleven position. Um, nothing is guaranteed, and so he wants the, the players to fight for it, have that passion, and, and keep bringing it. And you know, you got to do it in practice. Obviously, Karart wants to see you have that commitment, and so I, I like that. I do like that. You want to yeah, also not, not not preconceived notions about specific players either positionally. Even I mean, once again, you look at the starting lineup. Yeah. How often have you seen like a more Drexler stack? You're seeing Merkin at left center back, Caramon as a, as a central guy yeah. on his own, not in a partnership. Like these are these are not positions that we're typically seeing these people. So it looks like he's coming in with a fresh perspective, evaluating specific skill sets, and not being you know put into a box based on what people have performed, uh, what roles they performed at this club previously prior to his arrival. So uh, yeah, yeah, promising. I like it. Taking outside the box. Uh, and as a result of the play, uh, Templeman obviously made the match, but uh, Templeman and Karaman make the SOFA score starting uh, best 11. Uh, Karaman with an 8.2 rating, or Templeman with an 8.2 rating, and Karaman with an 8.7. Funny, this uh, SOFA score had uh, Karaman a higher rating, but I thought Templeman was outstanding. And then looking at the kicker, uh, best 11, and they had uh, Templeman once again into the starting 11, which is great to see. So, you know, obviously Templeman getting the kudos that he deserves for the, the game that he played. Hopefully he can keep this up. I think, you know, what we, you know, we've, we both have had up and down comments on Templeman. You know, the defensive side of his game seems to be good. He's good at tackling, good at tracking back. It's always been the offensive side that's been lacking in this game. I thought he was everywhere, even offensively. And obviously had a goal, but he was instrumental, making some key passes. It seemed like he was a focal point in the in the transition game, which is very yeah. not what we're used to. And maybe that's Gerard's, right? Maybe that's Gerard's. He's got the number 10 on his jersey. He's like, play yeah. like it. In possession, much cleaner. Not yeah. about the poor touches or the misplaced passes so much. Um, absolute engine, offensive and defensively, in terms of you know his, his energy kind of guiding the team's energy. Like you said, very, very important in the transition moments, connecting with players. I liked the way he was reading the game, um, the things he was seeing, and you know, his, his movements out there. So, yeah, I think that was definitely you know, the best of what we can see from that kind of a player. Um, and if, yeah, if you can, if you can perform closer to that more often than not, it's going to be huge for us down the stretch. That was, yeah, that was a much better performance from him. And I, I like, I love what I see. So I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad he's getting the recognition elsewhere as, uh, as well. I saw some commentary on, on Twitter, maybe it was Instagram where they were saying it was a very Salazar like performance where, you know, Salazar was so big for us, you know, in the last couple of years is when he's been all over the pitch, helping out defensively and offensively contribute with goals and, and assists and all that stuff and tackles. And Templeman certainly brought that. You mentioned how you know, the win really did nothing for us in the standing. It's definitely a morale boost. It's definitely a confidence booster. Uh, still 16th in the table. Instead of being five points behind Hansa Rostock, we're now two points behind Hansa Rostock uh, because obviously they lost this weekend. But uh, we're, we're within grass now. Of It's crazy. You know, Svaita Liga is just maddening, right? I mean, we're now five points, you know, within ninth position, which is crazy, right? A couple more results to get to go, go our way. Obviously, we have a big game tomorrow. Or excuse me, what day is it? Today's Monday. Uh, Wednesday, a big game on Wednesday against St. Pauli in the DFB Pokal who are in first place. They had a, a nice last-minute victory in their game. Um, 
not going to be an easy game, right? We're going to St. Pauli. We know who they have. They're, they're just a talented team. Um, it's going to be interesting if we obviously want to keep this momentum going, keep this feeding off of what we did over the weekend. It could be in for a shock. Could be. I don't. I'm not going to hold my breath that we're going to get a shock victory, but it's anything's possible, right? Um, they got some obviously talented players. Agassiz is obviously one of the guys we always know about, but uh, they got some decent players on that team um, that you got to worry about. What are your what are your, what are your thoughts going into this game? This is why I love the comments from the coach again. Though, wasn't like, yeah, you know, we got a tough opponent, so you know, we understand what the difficulty it's, it's going to be, and we just got to put in a good performance and, and see what happens. That's not what he's saying. He's saying we have a clear aim. Our aim is to advance. Yep, that's like, awesome to see. We are awesome here. We, we are trying to win the. You know what I mean? Like we are. Our goal is to win this game and, and move on. Like like no nonsense. That is our goal. It's a winning mentality. Nothing else is exciting. That's what he's been preaching. That's what he's been preaching. We're gonna have a winning yeah. mentality here. That's what he said. I mean, when he was when he was at USG in 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 Belgium, they made it to the to to the semifinals because they had that winning mentality, and that's what he's trying to preach to them. And I I, I love to hear that. Um, we didn't hear we haven't heard much of that in a long time, right? They were oh we're just gonna we're going to go in advance. He's like no, we're a tough opponent. Blah 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 blah. Exactly. No. Yeah. So, yeah. Does this mean that we're gonna suddenly beat St. Pauli on Wednesday? No, it doesn't mean that. But like no. I, it's that slight tweak in the way we're talking about things from the top down that I that I appreciate that sort of vocal shift. So I agree. Um, yeah, looking forward to the game. And then it's going to be a quick double. It's a English Volca, if you will, because uh, we got our friends coming up this weekend in in Nuremberg. They're they're sitting up eighth in the table right now, so you know it's going to be an interesting game against them. They're obviously going to be a difficult opponent. Uh, so two two important games for us this week. Uh, we'll see how things shape up um, after that. Uh, looking ahead on the schedule after that, let's see. Yeah, after that we got a, a winnable game in Elversburg. They're below us in the table, one of the few teams below us in the table, and then back up against Dusseldorf, who was up there. So it's going to be a lot up and down with games, right? Because some top table teams, and bottom table teams, but I think. Overall, despite the Liga, it doesn't matter because any team can win on any given day. Um, all these teams are so highly competitive, and anybody can win. We saw that. We beat fifth place uh, Hanover this weekend, so this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, let's see what happens. Game The next two games, the game tomorrow or Wednesday is on ESPN+. Plus. It's 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Jack time. And then uh, this weekend, the game is also the Nuremberg game is on ESPN+. Plus. So, at least we got the next two games on ESPN+, Plus before the Elversburg game, which will be on um the dodgy uh, Russian streams or whatever. So <laughs> get your game in now. That's all I'll say. Get your viewing on everyone. All right. Uh, I got nothing else. Uh, it's nice to talk about a victory once in a while. Victor Monday. We haven't had Victor Monday in a while. It's nice to get off that skid, but uh, anything else you want to talk about or you want to back, get this thing out of no, here? No, happy to leave it there. Yeah. Thank you for your sentiments. Nice to have one of these. We were on quite the skid there for a bit. So uh, let's stop the bleeding and hopefully we have a couple more soon. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, dear people, Cal Wednesday, let's see what we got here. I'm curious to see how the performance is against the top-ranked team in this fight, the Liga. So, uh, all right, Jack, uh, anything you want to plug away, or where can people find you on social media? At J-M-A-N-G-A-N on Twitter. Man, I struggled last week trying to say yours. I, I said it, but it's like, oh, it didn't come off smooth like yours, you know? Uh, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. More importantly, follow Shock America anywhere on social media. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, listening on YouTube later on, uh, definitely get subscribed. And then uh, if you listen to us anywhere on podcasts, make sure you follow us as, as well. So uh, go to shockamerica.com, which I provide content as, as much as we can. And join our Discord uh, lively group. We always chat during the games and in between games about all Shaka. Uh, it's a good, good group of guys there. Shout out to, uh, to the group there. Uh, yeah, time to get out of here. Uh, two games this week. Let's uh, have a 
good week and uh, hopefully get some good results here by Garrards and Templeman and company. So, for Jack, for myself, enjoy the Pokal. Catch you next week. Blue Calf. Mm-hmm.